Now we're actually going. We can play the music again one more time. Damn. <laughs> Welcome to, into the studio. Um, <laughs> Welcome. Yeah. So, it's a new setup. We're still kind of getting chair. used to it. With Merlin. Um, sorry about that. Photography oh. chat. But, with Merlin. Welcome to another episode of the chat. It's uh, episode 16, season 3, with Cam Sloan. Hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks for, for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like deja vu, right? Yeah, it's, I've been through this before, I think. <laughs> it's like, put your little hand in mine. Like Groundhog Day? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it feels familiar. Um, but yeah, we were just talking about how uh, you know, the common link between us is Toronto. Um, I moved out here about a year ago, last May, and uh, Cam's been here for about six months now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, a big driver for me was uh, was family, and uh, my partner moved out here um, November 2020, and so kind of missed her a little bit too. So it was Fair like enough, you know, yeah. family and uh, a gal. Yeah. What what brought you out here? Um, we kind of so my partner and I were just in Toronto for like 10 years and started pondering what we should do next. Uh, we had just both kind of honestly just like lived our Toronto lives to, to the <laughs> fullest uh, in the like nine or 10 years that each of us were there. And so, yeah, we just ended up uh, deciding like, okay, we want to go try something new. And I mean, we both were in a position where we we're currently working remotely and so that like allowed us like it was just a good time to make that happen and we explored like montreal still too cold and we looked at like can we get over to like i don't know overseas or something it's like such a there was so much logistics to to figure out to do that and we kind of just settled on like yeah coming out to bc and it took us a bit to narrow in on like what city we kind of made a checklist and then initially we were like anywhere but like vancouver just i don't know we didn't really want to be in another like city center like from coming from toronto felt nothing against vancouver just felt it would be too similar um but it like checked all the boxes we wanted of like good craft beer around <laughs> like close to the <laughs> ocean close to good snowboarding all the stuff that like when we like looked at the list it was just like yeah we're, we're probably gonna end up here so yeah that's how we ended up here well i mean lucky for you vancouver isn't really a city yeah it's yeah. it's kind of like a matured hick town because <laughs> um, I, I i grew up in small towns in bc mm -hmm. like um i was born in calgary and then my parents decided they didn't want to have a mob of drug dealing children so um, they moved us out of Calgary to this little tiny town in the Rocky Mountains called Kimberly um, which when we moved there in 88 there was like just a little over 4,000 people and uh, I mean jokes on them we turned into drug dealers in a small town um, <laughs> you know, they're probably it, we probably would have gotten in less trouble if we stayed in Calgary because there would just been more to do yeah, yeah. than just get drunk and do drugs. I had a similar yeah. experience of, like, what my parents, like, took us out of the main downtown core in Ottawa, and they were like, no, we're going to the suburbs, it'll be much... And then, yeah, you're just stuck, yeah. like, 
well, we can do drugs and drink, and that's about it. And yeah, and hooligans. Guess what we did. Um, <laughs> which was it, it was kind of funny. And then from Kimberly, like we moved to Fort St. John, which was like even shittier. It was a bit of a bigger town, but so I've been all over like different small towns in BC. And when I did finally make it to Vancouver, I was like, ooh, Vancouver. Yeah. Like it's, you know, when you've been used to small towns, it's like really big. But then after living in Toronto for like, you know, almost five years, I think it was, um, and then coming back here, it's like, oh, this is quaint. Um, it does have a <laughs> feeling, to be honest, like coming from Toronto, where it's like, I don't know, 40, 50 minutes to get anywhere. Like, you yeah. know, because you leave your house and like, you know, if you're taking transit or you're driving, like, you're just, like, it's going to take you an hour to get there, basically. And but like, that's because the sheer distance of it. Versus, like, Vancouver, where it takes 40, 50 minutes because everyone's an asshole driver that can't get their <laughs> shit together. And so it's, like, it takes you 45 minutes to move four kilometers. <laughs> where, like, you know, Toronto, it's, like, the GTA is fucking massive. It's true. But I've, yeah. I don't know, I've found it pretty easy to get around here so far. But we're, like, it's off in the east end, and it's just, like... Oh, shit. It's very, um... Grant joined us. What's up, Grant? How you doing, man? <laughs> I want to get you back on and talk about your book. I'll message you or email you or something. Sorry about that. Hey, Grant, I don't know you, but I Grant maybe Britton, will one day. He is, um... <laughs> Grant Britton? Check him out. He's J. Grant Britton on Instagram. Cool. One of, like, the most legendary skate photographers. Oh, and nice. And a wicked awesome dude to chat with. Oh, wicked. Thanks for, awesome. for popping in. And also, all of the regular friends of the chat, thank you guys for, for jumping in here. Um, it, it is a bit different, though. Yeah, yeah. And, like, my partner and I, when we first got here, um, it took us a while to adjust to being, like, if we're going to go out to get food, to do it before 9. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> just, like, yeah. We got so spoiled in Toronto where it's just, like, oh, it's, like, 1 in the morning, and we want to get, like, Mexican food. You yeah, can find it. Exactly. Or yeah. Any kind of food. It it is. That is, was a big adjustment here, for yeah. sure. It's quiet. And the camera <laughs> gear was cheaper. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. More plentiful. So I miss that. And then downtown camera. Yeah. Yeah. RIP not R. to them, but like to them in our lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I'm still like doing <laughs> the mail order and um, I don't know. It's it's changed my relationship with photography not having direct access to something like downtown camera so for all the toronto people that are on right now fucking cherish downtown camera tell them you love them <laughs> they let you hug them and it's consenting give them a hug and stuff <laughs> you know uh mad love go give them your business yeah yeah and, give yeah. them money because yeah. um they need it so that they can keep providing us with these uh you know sweet sweet uh you know, resources I still also, like, order from them. I, I, I'm not doing the mail-in, like, for dev or anything, but, yeah, I've been um, still just doing my bulk orders from them usually, and, like, yeah, they just really nail it with, like, the pricing and the customer service is, like, on point. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I'll continue to do that. So what got you into photography? Yeah, so, like, I'm relatively recently... Uh, coming into photography kind of for a second time maybe like when I originally got into photography was through like many people like traveling um, and I went to Europe after university um, I like had a job and it was like 
not the most fun job and I like didn't do the whole Euro trip but then my my friends were like planning this and so I ended up um, kind of just like bailing out on this job that I like you know I was like okay I, I don't know they're my like best friend was going with his girlfriend and my girlfriend was going too because they were all friends together and, yeah. and I was like no nah, I'm like I don't care how much this like cost me I like went and <laughs> I traveled not the right way like put it all on my credit card and stuff at the time and <laughs> it was just like but I don't think there's a wrong or right way like yeah, yeah but maybe I don't recommend that as like the ideal way to you know but that's what I did and while I was doing that like kind of just figured I should bring a camera this was like before every smartphone had a really good camera so yeah yeah I got like a little point and shoot probably like I don't know those Canon I don't know they were tiny little like Canon Elfs or something. I don't even remember what they was were called. Power or? shoot or power shot. Yeah, it was digital. Okay, yeah. They, yeah. They, well, they had the power shots, which were a little bigger, and then they had the Elfs, which were like the little yeah. tiny guys. I think it was really quite tiny. And so I was just, yeah, going around with that. My And my friend it was like, he studied art and photography in school, and so he brought along like his proper DSLR. But um, yeah, I was just going around with this point and shoot and kind of like, shooting my way through a couple months of travel and it was like really fun but then I didn't do too much after that uh, mm -hmm. that was a long time ago now um, about 10 years ago yeah and uh, <laughs> oh. hopefully we're still oh yeah now we're still, good. still be going um, yeah and then honestly like when I kind of recently got back in to photography was I was planning to do some more video work um, for for like this business that I'm trying to get off the ground. I was trying to do some videos, like talking head videos and Zoom calls, all this like pandemic okay. stuff that was happening. So trying to get something that would let me do that. So I um, found a Sony A6000. This okay. was honestly just over a year ago or about a year ago maybe. and. Uh, and yeah, I got a Sony A6000. I was like, well, I may as well, like, while I have this camera, like, go and use it for what it was made for. So I went out, started, like, getting, I don't know, just taking some pictures, go walking around. And, like, I had never really learned before how to even use, like, the, like, proper focal, like, proper, like, uh, f-stop and like all your shutter speeds like I never I was mostly shooting on auto before that and so I really like dove deep into learning the camera at that point and then I don't know I kind of got sucked in and like really hooked I would just go out each afternoon again this was like kind of in the middle of the pandemic and like you just like so much anxiety sitting at home and so much like just like n not much to do so I yeah really just took a shine to this that like got me outside exploring walking around Toronto at the time and like yeah. just like go for like I feel like I would just go out for like four or five hours and like yeah just be like so in the moment so like in the present moment and you know it really like just sucked me in at that point like seeing a nice like patch of light like this like just you know can make your whole day and whereas maybe before that I was kind of 
just not paying attention to those things in life. And so it kind of rekindled a lot of that excitement about just like where you are, where I am, like right here and now. Um, and so, yeah, I've been keeping at it since then. I've been, uh, but that's kind of what brought me back into where I am now. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Was, so the business was um, like a digital media kind of thing when you were trying to get started? Or? Yeah, so in my like day-to-day, -day, you know, non-photography stuff, I'm uh, both like a, a software developer um, and like freelance and contract work for companies. Okay. Um, and then I'm also an entrepreneur uh, of a fledgling startup business that <laughs> is like, you know, got a handful of customers, but um, but it just like keeps me occupied and is a fun like project. But also, yeah, it's it's a business that I'm working on. So it was partially to record like some videos of like how to use the product, how to like get started, and to be honest, like. <laughs> I didn't really end up recording those videos, like with, even though I got the gear for it. So, um, but I did like discover this whole new hobby and craft that I, I really enjoyed uh, from, from getting it. So, yeah. That's a good origin story. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, definitely, it wasn't planned. It wasn't like I got to get into photography. It was like, honestly, I think I do this with a lot of things where it's like, two birds, one stone philosophy of like, you know, if I get a bike and my job is across the city, I'll bike like 20 kilometers just to get to work and like, hey, I'm getting exercise. But like, I don't really go just for a bike ride. And this was kind of like, well, I'm buying this camera because I'm going to make these videos. But because I have it, I may as well like make use of this thing. And, uh, and it was a bit of that where it's just like, accidentally, um, yeah, stumbled into a something that I really like. Uh, the same way with like biking, I, I did it out of like, I don't know, I had to get from A to B, but it turns out, oh, I really like getting from A to B. You know what I mean? So, That's cool. Yeah. So you do, uh, mostly you do biking around Vancouver then? Um, r not a ton since I got here. I actually just got my bike like tuned up, so okay. I'm pretty excited to like um, do more of that. I, yeah, it just kind of sat there for a bit in, yeah, for a couple months. Um, yeah, mostly was like busing, a lot of walking around. Mm -hmm. The city is like pretty walkable. I'm living it's in East Van and like I've walked all the way to downtown like taking photos and stuff and you know, it's it's not like crazy to do that here. No, so. it's not bad. Like that, yeah. that's one thing that's definitely a bit nicer versus Toronto is like, um, you can walk from different parts quite easily. Um, yeah, it, it's nice from that, that perspective. Mm -hmm. And biking's not too bad either. Um, I live up, like, towards Riley Park, like, a little past Mount Pleasant. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you don't really notice it's uphill. Right. Until... You're on a bike and <laughs> you <laughs> really notice how uphill it is. Yeah, and I... I <laughs> tried doing the biking thing last year. I'm going to definitely do more of a conservative effort this year, but um, going down is really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like super fast because my partner, she lives down in Strathcona, so mm -hmm. it's a, I was like, I'll just bike because parking sucks to find there. And uh, I'm like, nah, I'm not going to do that. But with it's, the space here now, I'm a little more. Yeah, you're like halfway there, kind of between. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like I did notice that I'm still adjusting for for the biking thing here of like 
I don't know the streets as well as I knew Toronto, like which streets are good to bike on, which ones are not. And uh, yeah, so I'm still adjusting to like that because I just, I don't know. Biking can be super sketchy if you're not going on the right roads and stuff. Um, yeah, I've got yeah. a few friends that have had like really bad concussions that have like been life altering. Mostly yeah. it happened in Toronto for them. Yeah, it's definitely a dangerous uh, biking city. <laughs> it's, uh, but if you've done it for like, you know, seven or eight years, then it can become second nature. So, um, so yeah, it kind of was for me. Yeah. So what kind of stuff do you feel like you're you're drawn to shooting most? Like you mentioned, you like doing like you know walks where you have your camera with you. Mm -hmm. Is it mostly street photography, or is there like other things that um, you've explored or interested in exploring? So for like what initially drew me in was like very heavy in street photography, like kind of typical like candid kind of photos and not like in your face with the flash kind, but like just, you know, a little like sneaky and like, like just going around trying to capture moments. Uh, definitely not like huge into portraits. Um, but like, to be totally honest, like some of street photography stresses me out a bit when I'm like out and like, it's not like I'm trying to be like sneaking photographs, but I'm also like, not trying to like make you know ask for street portraits and like yeah. and so i don't know there was like a time where i was just going and doing that quite a bit and uh i don't know i had one encounter with like someone was on a bike like i don't know 20 meters away and like i just framed them in a shot they were like in the corner of, of this shot and they like came right up to me and they were like you just take my fucking photo, man, and, like, freaking out, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you're in the photo, and I showed him, and he's like, that's not cool, that's how you get your, like, head smashed in, and you better watch yourself, and, like, and, I, you know, I'm just, like, trying to, like, be level-headed here, and, you know, I apologize, I'll, I'll delete the photo, I was, like, shooting digital at the time, and, you know, I'll, I'll delete it, no problem, and he kind of went off angry, um, and then I went off, like, not feeling great about, um, obviously, like, this, I don't know, I don't think I was necessarily in the wrong for taking a, a photograph, but yeah. I also don't want my photography to, like, upset people or make them feel, like, self-conscious about themselves in their day-to-day, -day. and, you know, you can tell some people don't want to be photographed, and mm -hmm. <laughs> I didn't know because he was, like, so far away, but, um, but that was a weird situation. He actually ended up, I, like, walked around the corner uh and he biked back up to me after and i was like oh shit here we go and uh he came up and he was like i'm sorry man like i've just had a really rough you know, like time rough couple of weeks and like we kind of had a little like chat about it you know and you know i, I apologize for making him feel that way but yeah. like i don't know i don't like necessarily like that those situations um and i feel like it's rare, but I just also don't necessarily, I don't know, want to be in that a ton. So I still do sometimes a bit of like street photography, um, candid street photography. But I think part of it, maybe why I'm not doing it as much too, is like I'm living in the east side and it's pretty quiet over there. There's not a lot of people like walking by. So like 
it's almost, it's a little more like suburban and so like it's a bit I, I don't know it's not like if you're downtown in the thick of it or where I was originally starting with this in like downtown Toronto like you can get away with it pretty easily because there's like 50 people walking by like I probably walk by the same person every day in my neighborhood and he's gonna be like why are you taking pictures of me like yeah. you know um so a lot of my photo walks like around my neighborhood in kind of the east side of Vancouver are like just whatever I see in my day-to-day -day, like kind of kind of cityscape landscape-ish stuff but like a lot of back alleys and just like little things that I notice in uh and it's a bit uh I don't know it's a bit different it's like it's more there's generally not people in these shots you know it's like yeah. um maybe more a mix of architecture and just like kind of like scenes I just like seeing like a nice scene that like ha looks like maybe there's a story to it or something and, and grabbing a, a shot of that and um and so there's a lot of that I'm sure people are probably seeing me walk through their back alleys and they're you know taking pictures of their backyards thinking what's this guy doing here because like it's probably not super common in like that area but I feel like I don't know it's it's what I got like if I'm going out of town I'm gonna take pictures there too it's so I guess I, I don't particularly like have a thing but I know like I don't really do much in terms of portrait work that's probably my only thing that I like haven't really like explored or that I'm not like actively like trying to explore I'm that's still like good. pretty open to a lot of stuff in photography being pretty new to it as well it, yeah. it took me a while to get into portraits. Yeah. Like, I don't know, people photos always kind of weirded me out a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, because people have opinions, and they can be like, I don't like that. <laughs> mm -hmm. Or like you're taking a picture of, like, you know, leaves on the street or something. They have no opinion. Yeah. And none that you can hear. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. They, they could have opinion, like, you know. Um, it, it's interesting, that, that bike story, because... When I'm doing street photography, I, I try to avoid taking intimate photos of people. Mm -hmm. And it's like, most of the time people are sort of in the background or they're far enough away, I don't feel like I'm intruding on them. Mm -hmm. um, and like, you, you, you followed up on the story, but I was thinking like, man, I think that guy freaking out on you was more about him than it was about you. Mm -hmm. Totally. Like, he's just going through it and you just happened to be someone that was like there for him to just like mm -hmm. snap on and just unload all that shit. Um, yeah, absolutely. And like you said, like he kind of followed up and, and showed that was the, the case. And um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I've had other like minor things. I can't remember them right now, but like that was the one that kind of <laughs> has obviously stuck with me a bit. Um, regardless, yeah, it, like, I just want to, like, yeah, it's it's a mix. I don't want to, like, impose on people too much with what I'm doing. Um, I, I also kind of now maybe take more the approach of, like, people being a little more distant in frame or, like, they're just filling the frame as opposed to being, like, yeah. the main subject in it. Though, I guess when I was originally, like, getting started in street photography, like... I was, yeah, you know, watching videos from, like, you know, classic 
street photographers and you kind of want to experiment and like find what your limits are with these things and where do you land on it and so yeah I tried all kinds of like you know sneaking shots up close or like not even you know just straight up like taking a shot and they're seeing and yeah, yeah it does doesn't it like felt off to me um but you only realize that by like pushing your boundaries um where you feel comfortable and where you're i don't know ethics I, ethically aligned i guess like on on some of the stuff so i personally don't like doing that stuff because mm -hmm. like um I don't like upsetting people. I'm very non-confrontational. Mm -hmm. But if you can get a shtick, you can kind of get away with it. Like, I think one of my favorite um, shticks that a photographer has put together is um, what Gary Winogrand mm -hmm. does. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever, like, explored any of his work or anything. Yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah. Beautiful street photography. But, like, when you see there, there's, like, a documentary that, like, followed him around while he was taking photos... Yeah, and like his whole shtick was he was just this like bumbling guy with his like camera. He's just like ah, I don't even know what's going on with it here. Like you <laughs> know, he's like <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and so it, it kind of disarmed people because they're like, well, what's up with this schmuck? Like, yeah, yeah. Know, he's he's not stealing our souls right now. He can't even figure out how to use his goddamn That's camera. That's a pretty classic strategy that I see people like have uh, stolen or adopted. Is like kind of the like. Like what's my yeah. and like you're faking taking pictures and stuff and like I do have a like um, I was shooting a lot with the Ricoh GR which is just this tiny point and shoot like very unassuming camera you know that is uh, easy to shoot from the hip and it looks kind of just like a wallet you're carrying so around and so it's uh, yeah it's like a pretty easy one to get away with like not offending people or you know but every now and then people catch you and like yeah i'll i don't know i'm i'm actually like it it really depends on like my mood that day how much do i want to be out like engaging with my surroundings and like people in it or how much do i want to just be like coasting through without like because yeah you can run into issues do i want to run into an issue today yeah. am i like mentally in the right state to like I don't know, engage with someone if if I do take their photo, I should be. I shouldn't just be like weird about it, you know. Mm -hmm. I should be able to I feel like I should be able to explain like what I did. Even with the guy on the bike, like I feel like I was like, Yeah, I took it, you were like in this part, like but like some days I don't wanna be like having a conversation necessarily. And so yeah. I'll probably be a little more conservative in my like approach, um, in doing that. So yeah, I, I don't know, street photography is, like, also dependent, like, how I shoot is sometimes dependent on my mood that day, how much I'm willing to go out. Well, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense, too, it's just, like, you know, what do you have the capacity for and what can you handle? Um, one thing that, that I've adopted when I want to take those pictures that I feel um, might make people uncomfortable, I ask for permission. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you don't get, like what drew you into it first because you've like sort of disrupted that moment yeah um but i've just asked people being like hey like you know i'm a shitty instagram photographer <laughs> um i really do nothing with these photos but you were doing a really cool thing there and i just liked when you were like you know sitting there like smoking your cigarette contemplating things or mm -hmm. like you know we're just like sitting on your phone scrolling do you mind if i take a photo of you just doing that mm -hmm. and 
more often than not, people are, like, totally cool with it. And I also made these, like, tiny little business cards from Moo that, like, fit right. in that, like, useless pocket in your jeans. And I'll be like, you know, you can check out my stuff here, and if I do post it, you can find my Instagram, and mm -hmm. if you hate it, here's my contact information, and you can give me shit, and I'll yeah. try and delete it off the internet. And people have been pretty cool about that so far. I haven't uh, had many people, like, react negatively to that. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good way to go about it. And I like the business card thing. I think I've heard a few people kind of say, like, they'll carry cards around. It, it's just like... Even if you were doing more candid stuff, then you could, <laughs> I don't know, show them, like, hey, here's, like, what I do. Here's a, a point to your work as opposed to, like, I don't know, not having anything to point to. Actually, I just remembered another story. This was not even street photography. I was just, like, there was a house. I don't know. I'm fairly, pr fairly interested in just, like, these suburban west coast style houses it's so much different than what we have in toronto it is very like different very there's more brick out there yeah and there's all these like wood houses and painted yeah. in funky colors and people get a lot more creative out here i find with like what they do with their, their homes and i was like taking a picture of this person's house and and they came out and they were like uh yes can i help you and i was like oh i just like taking a I'm just taking a photo of um, your home. Sorry, I didn't mean to, like, you know, freak you out or anything. Uh, and they were like, are you working for my landlord? And I was <laughs> like, no, no, definitely not. It, I, oh, and I had it on a tripod because it was, like, like um, yeah, it was about dusk and, like, it was a film camera. So I, ju I just had to shoot it, like, at lower speed. And I explained. They let me take the picture and stuff. It was funny, though. They were like, you know, are you working for my landlord? Are you, like... Because you'd tell me if you were, right? That would be entrapment. <laughs> like, I, I'd, like... Yeah, no, I'm not working for anyone. And, like, yeah. I feel like I could easily take a picture of your house without having to set up a tripod and stuff and an old film camera to do it. But it was a funny, like, awkward situation. But I did, like, kind of just say, like, here's my Instagram. You can see, like, my work here. Yeah. And that gave me something to point to, but it wasn't... Um, as like official as maybe like oh I got a card <laughs> that you can uh, yeah like check out and I don't know it was an <laughs> interesting situation um, I guess you can't avoid <laughs> can't avoid some of that stuff so Tainoi Vila fan I hope I didn't butcher that um, was asking if there will be POV videos in the future of how um, we do portraits. I've never really thought about doing that, but I've seen other people do that where they, like, strap a GoPro into their hot shoe. Yeah, yeah. And, um, I've thought about doing that, but I don't really find myself that interesting. Like, I don't think anyone would, like, care to, like, watch me wander around Chinatown and, like, have, like, odd interactions with people. It's, it's an interesting one. Like, I, I don't know, and when I was kind of getting into street photography, I would watch quite a few of these POV, just like people walking around and, you know, doing street photography. And I really do like learning from just like, maybe not an instructional course or a book. Like I like learning by seeing how people do their craft, you know? And yeah. so it was kind of neat in that way. You do see like the little tricks that they're pulling and how they kind of like, 
carry themselves, even like how they are positioning themselves. And some of them are talking about it as they go. Others, they just put on some music and, you know, it's just like a random, uh, I don't know, thing to watch that like, yeah, I, I like them. I did think about the same, like, should I do something like that at some point? I feel like it's just, um, I've heard other people say like, when you're doing, when you're out taking photographs, but you're, but you're doing a video about taking photographs, like, it's a different experience. Yeah. You're kind of making a whole separate thing. And so, I, I like taking photographs to be like, again, in the moment, like, where I am and not necessarily thinking about, like, how to produce a video. And, like, I think it would just change um, a bit about the experience for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can relate to that, too, because um, that's sort of, like, why I do the chats on Instagram live here instead of, like, you know, being more pro like other people do where they use, like, some streaming or, like, some <coughs> fancier thing where they can not deal with, like, the limitations of, like, what the grams can do. Like, mm -hmm. it's definitely come a lot further from when I started this in season one, like, what you can do with Instagram, mm -hmm. which is cool, um, but the biggest one is I don't think in motion, I think more in stills, and so trying to do video stuff, it just doesn't compute in my mind anymore, like it used to when I was a lot younger, um, what's up Allie, you're an asshole, I miss you and I love you lots, um, I hope it's not snowing in Montreal again, um, I used to think in, in video a little bit, like way back in the 2000s, um, me and my friend Cohen, uh, Chris, he's been on here a few times, we would make like shitty YouTube videos before YouTube was a thing. Right. Like on like fucking 8mm like Sony cameras and um, yeah, we'd like upload them into our own fucking web servers and shit. Yeah. Because um, there was like no hosting services and it was just like dumb shit, like we made fun of spinners. Um, we thought they were, like, dumb, <laughs> just, like, interviewing random people about stuff on online. But um, afterwards, um, I don't know, when I started doing more photo photo stuff, I've tried to, like, do video, mm -hmm. and it just doesn't, doesn't compute. So, like, this is easy. I just push live, and... Um, it just goes, which is, is cool. And then, up like, stepping up a little bit with, like, the audio stuff so that I can do the podcast thing. But it's all easy shit. Yeah, you still get to kind of, like, I don't know, turn, like, run the mics and then go. And, like, yeah. as opposed to a whole production, a whole process that you have to, like, I don't know, change your life to make work and stuff. Like, instead, you can kind of just, like, I don't know, hit record, go run with it, and enjoy it. And, yeah, I don't know. You ever see, like, those videos where people are, like, hiking up a mountain, but, like, you know, they're walking, they've, like, the camera's there, and they walk by it, and I'm always, like, you're going back, right back, to go pick up the camera and then move it, and you do that, like, yeah. 50 times on this hike, well, and it's, it's, it's that the, kind of thing. The that Casey is, Neistat stuff. Uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know, but... Oh, you, so you never got into the Casey Neistat? No, okay. no. Oh, man. Um, so Casey Neistat was huge for that. 
Um, he was a big, uh, well, still is a big creator down in the States, um, who did some really cool, like, guerrilla-style ad campaigns for, for some brand companies, and then, um, like, got huge prominence doing this, like, uh, daily vlog of mm -hmm. his, like, life. Mm -hmm. Um, which, you know, he, he'd, like, been interviewed and talked about it where it just it consumed so much of his time, because, like, you spend all day recording, mm -hmm. and then you go and have to edit it so that you can upload it that day. Right. And, rinse and repeat and do that over and over again and it was a lot of stuff like that where it's like yeah you'd be like walking up to the camera yeah. and you just know that like he was already there and then like he hit record and then like ran to where he wanted to like enter in from yeah and then had to do it all over again. yeah it's a lot of like planning and when you see people who really do this stuff well like you almost can't tell that there's any of that but yeah but there's even more because like they're just like doing it so well like it's so well orchestrated you know cutting the frames like every few seconds so the viewer is not bored and those kinds of things that are like i don't know just like techniques for making good video yeah i i was looking into some of that at one point and like it just didn't come as easily or like it didn't like spark the same interest that like you know photography did for example where you're just yeah. out and you're taking like you said still frames of everything and um yeah it's so i don't know i'm not writing it off i think that you know maybe one day yeah that could be a cool addition but it's not something i'm like uh like getting ready to launch or anything like that <laughs> yeah i think like if i wanted to do it i'd have to buy more gear and um, I already have too much gear. Yeah, I, I need to like get rid of stuff. Um, but they made a point. They meant more like doing portraits at home kind of thing. Um, I mean, I've done that with some shoots in in the past. Where um, if I'm shooting at like a friend's studio or something, um, someone will like set up their like phone or something to like do a time-lapse of, like, what we've been up to, and, mm -hmm. like, that's kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, if I end up, like, doing any shoots in the space, um, I, uh, I might explore that, because that'd be kind of fun and cool. And, um, I mean, it's kind of wild now how far phones and shit have come. Like, the camera in this thing, mm -hmm. like, is insane. Like, my... My very first DSLR can't even hold the torch yeah. to what this can do. Totally, and yeah. That thing cost me, like, five grand in 2004, 2005. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... And again, I love actually consuming this stuff. Like, I, I do watch quite a few videos of, like, people recording their portrait sessions and stuff, and so it, I find it pretty fun. Who's been one of your favorite um, creators, then? Mm. for that kind of stuff so let's see there is um, there's a street photographer Ivan Chow and he goes around with mostly a Ricoh GR um, okay. and this is like on the very well produced side of things um, and he actually he moved from Hong Kong he was doing a lot of these POV style ones 
but he also now does like more well-produced ones and um yeah he moved from hong kong to toronto and so i kind of like watching like seeing scenes of toronto and stuff like it i miss it a bit and so it's cool to see people walking around taking photos of a city that you i don't know think fondly of um so that's a cool one to check out there's um a guy named this south african guy named william sheepskin um and he does more like portrait sessions and random i don't know just random photography experiments of like mostly all film and he's like pushing kodak gold to 800 and like you know trying to roll on that versus the non-pushed and i like that it's a pretty like small channel and it it's kind of like yeah he's just recording with his iphone um maybe even no mic i don't even know i think you know sometimes he's like talking to into his phone and like but i like that kind of like authenticity that's a much more raw channel than like what Ivan does being like very well produced and um so those are a couple that I I kind of like you know when I have just a few minutes I'll just throw that on and like see what they're doing yeah have you checked out any of uh, Lucy Lumen's videos no I haven't hers are great uh Lucy was a guest on here um a while back and uh she's in Australia I believe and uh, she's got like a wicked awesome YouTube channel and Mm. she's been doing all sorts of cool like review things and uh, she started doing interviewing now too I think she's got a podcast going as well Um, just a really like lovely person very cool Um, I don't watch a ton of content stuff like um, I think one of my favorites is uh, Grainy Days Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I honestly, like, I don't know. I hear people, like, hating on his stuff. I find him hilarious. <laughs> like, his He's wickedly hilarious. sense of humor is just, like, really good. Um, Big shout out to the Big J. Um, <laughs> he was a guest on here, too. The, probably one of the most ridiculous chats I've had was his. Not because of him. He was great to chat with. I really enjoy chatting with him, but he just has such a monstrous following that um, the the chat was just filled with shit. <laughs> it was just like, you know, poo-poo caca, like, you know, I like dicks, uh, shout me out. Like, <laughs> it was just, I yeah. had to, like, give up on even trying to read the, the chat to see what was going on. Yeah. Um, but I appreciate um, his sort of self-deprecating humor as a fellow shitbag. Um, it just kind of really hit, and um, yeah, I like his videos too. Like um, his his eight by ten video is probably one of my like most favorite photography videos I've watched. Yeah, I really like do appreciate his just drive to go on adventures and experiment with yeah. photography. You know, like he's yeah. I don't know. I don't imagine it's only just for the YouTube, like, he seems to genuinely enjoy this stuff of, like, you know, going and trying many different film stocks in different, um, different environments, going on, like, yeah, just, I like to, I would like to treat a lot of photography in the same way of just using it 
on my adventuring and traveling around and stuff. I haven't done a lot of traveling around lately, but like, you know, I do like that approach of just well, having it with Well, it's been kind of hard for, for us to travel around, just given the way the world has been as of late. Why, um, what's been going on? <laughs> <laughs> what's been going on the last like three years? I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's like wh one of the things I really like am drawn to with a lot of photographers are ones that have that like that sense of being traveled and capturing different places and in different times um, like you know a lot of Robert Frank stuff is really great for that um, and you know of course like you know I've, I've got a huge love for Jason Lee's work because he does mm. a ton of that primarily on the road right and uh, I'm a huge sucker for road trips so like his photography kind of hits me right in the feels from that perspective, just because, like, it's all shot from the road for the most part. And yeah, I definitely, like, can get behind his, like, I don't know, general, like, life. Like, you know, he was, like, a skateboarder and then actor he and, like... deadly skateboarder. Yeah? Yeah. That's cool. I tried going skateboarding last week. I, I still like to skate, um... I just suck at it now and I'm old. <laughs> my my back went out and it, like it literally like doing a pop shove it and like I landed it but I still am so just <laughs> out of like, shape that I, 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 yeah it's enough that like I took my back <laughs> and it's been sore for like five days so yeah that's where I'm at with skating but there's a young photographer who has a studio in the building adjacent to mine here and uh yeah, bless her heart. She's like mid twenties or something, and uh, she's like, "You you skateboard? I'm like, I have a skateboard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I I roll around on it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. like, Let's go skateboarding. I'm like, I'm gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like seriously, if I hit a rock, <laughs> like that could be the end of me. <laughs> yeah, and like it's weird when you get older, the things you worry about. Because like <laughs> I didn't worry about a lot of shit. Even up until, like, 2020 was, like, the year I started worrying more about health um, after the car accident, because, like, yeah. my head got super fucked up in that, and it's still a little fucked up. So, it's like, I want to get back into skateboarding, um, not only because Zena is trying to, like, you know, push me into it, but my niece and nephew just started um, skateboarding during nice. the pandemic, and yeah. my little brother's been showing them how to, like, tear ass on it. Nice. And uh, they're like, Uncle Merlin, come skating with us. And I'm like, Uncle Merlin's old as fuck. Like, yeah, but <laughs> you might watch Uncle Merlin die. <laughs> you know, even just like going and like being at a park or something is like, I'll, I'll never like not like that experience. I don't know. Yeah. It's like that kind of gritty way that we grew up as kids that you just like, you know, I don't know. Like how I grew up, we were in high school drinking. 40s of old English and like you know <laughs> in the skate park and like the cops would come and you run away from them and go smoke weed in a forest and that was like that has a fond place in my heart uh, I don't do most of those things now 40s of OE don't no, do it, no, no yeah but I, uh, I tried to relive the dream a few years back I yeah. bought a 40 of old English but like, <laughs> man I used to drink this shit all the time there's a reason I don't anymore. Yeah. Like, you know, I can afford nicer things, um, yeah. is the biggest one. And where I grew up, they actually stopped selling Old English for like a year because when they looked at sales, 
the only people buying it were kids. Yeah, like, the only people buying it are yeah. underage, so, yeah. Because, like, you know, what, like, you know, fucking grown man with kids is going to be like, you know what I want to spend 525 on tonight? <laughs> 40 of old English, so yeah. I can get all fucked up on malt liquor and beat my children. Like, yeah, no, 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 that's, no. That doesn't happen. We're done with that. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting, like, the skateboarding connection, though, with photography, um... Because there's so many great photographers who started out as skateboarders. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of the photographers that I find inspiration from that I really dig um, all happen to be photographers, too. Yeah, and you were saying, like, your friend who came on at the start. The oh, Grant. Grant, yeah, yeah that's, uh, you know, doing skate photography. Like, that's something that has kind of crossed my mind of, like, I would, yeah, maybe like to... You know, there are some really great skateboarders that live here in Van, and um, it would be cool to get more involved in the scene here with that and, like, bring a camera and, you know, get kind of, get some cool shots of, yeah, that. Like, I'm, I don't know. It would be just a fun challenge more than, like, what I would want to do uh, as, like, a, a style or anything. But, like, yeah. yeah, it would be cool to go and, like, just grab some great skate photos and, and try it out especially like i don't know with with film i've never really done any like action <laughs> photography stuff so it would be that'd be fun to experiment yeah i mean you could with. probably just like bring your camera down to a skate park and just like yeah. hang out and like you know someone will be like cool with you taking pictures totally yeah yeah that should and uh, might even run into sluggo oh yeah he's still out here oh yeah, yeah that's cool there's um yeah, there's a couple, there's a guy that I went to high school with, uh, Spencer Hamilton is like a pro, and he was in Ottawa where I grew up, and yeah, now he's out here, but professional skater, and That's you know, I mean. you see, like, see him around the streets and stuff, and you're like, you know, it's like a bit starstruck, and like, you know, no one else maybe would care, like, the, the types of, like, celebrities that maybe, like, I would be, um, just like, in shock by seeing like he'd be one of them or like you know someone from the Anticon record label you know those yeah. kinds of things that like versus like seeing I don't know some famous like movie actor or something like wouldn't be They're as a little exciting. more chill too like you know I like Buck a lot he, I've met him a couple of times at shows and just a really sweet man yeah and I have a friend Daniel was uh, homies with him they've toured doing a bunch and uh when he talks about stories of them on the road, like, it's just very, like, wholesome kind of shit, where it's like, everyone's gonna go get turned, and they're like, let's go get some food and read a book. <laughs> yeah, 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 I could picture that. <laughs> yeah, which I'm like, I could totally get behind that kind of speed things. Um, yeah, that is, like, one thing that's cool with Vancouver is that sort of, like, connection with, um, with skateboarding here. Um, I think especially being so close to California, mm -hmm. there was a lot of that cross-pollination uh, between things here and um and I guess the weather <coughs> being like pretty mild like you can skate year round and like I always well, yeah. uh kind of struggled with that in Ontario like wanted to like I don't know maybe I stopped for a couple years after high school but then I get into it but then like you get good for a summer and then like hello winter for six months and then you yeah. start from scratch again and out here you can kind of like Winter's so vicious out there. Too. Oh yeah, it's brutal. Like, you know, we get snow for like a minute. Yeah. And then it's gone. And like, you know, it's 
Yeah, which is it's a bit nice. nice. Yeah. yeah, I've been liking that, to be honest. It's, uh, but then you have the rain. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I feel like it's not so far as often as people have like touted it. So maybe that's just to keep everyone away. But it's, uh, I mean, it, there was like a month when I basically first got here. It rained for like a month straight, and we were like, yeah, I don't know about this place. Like, I think we're... <laughs> <laughs> maybe go somewhere else but that was I think special circumstances <laughs> well that, that happened to me when I first moved here in like 2000 2005 I was living out in Port Moody and for like the first like four months I was here it was just brutal rain every day it was mm -hmm. like so fucking depressing and I was just like man I don't need help with depression I'm plenty good at like depressing the shit out of myself um so that was a little weird. But then when you have, like, days like this, you know, Vancouver is just uh, friggin' lovely. And, uh, yeah, it's a bit different than... And the winter, the summers aren't as sweltering here. Like, yeah. Summers in Toronto suck. Um, yeah, you get, like... All the weather sucks there. Exactly. Maybe a good month or two in the spring and fall there. Yeah. So. Some yeah. good weather, which is super, super weird. Um, I do have to give a, a thanks, though, with, with the skateboarding connection. Um, there's a bit of foam here, and why I'm shooting this way instead of shooting the other way is I've got a bunch of, like, sound foam over here. But um, uh, there's a, a guy, um, David Boyce, he's part of, like, uh, Red Dragon and stuff. Mm -hmm. He did a podcast for several years um, called The Boyce Life, and uh, he tore down the podcast stuff. And mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I picked up the foam. So oh, that's like, cool. We're stepping it up a little bit more here to, like, not have the echoey corner uh, <laughs> over here. That's why you can see the, the black there. Um, but it's cool to have that sort of, like, connection to another cool podcast here. And, yeah. You know. And that's one thing I'm hoping with, like, this space here at the city center uh, motel is um, just tapping more into um, connecting with other creatives and and interesting folks, and also like inviting other people into the space here to like use it to do stuff. Because um, there were a lot of people that wanted to get in here that um, you know that they couldn't. It filled up really fast. I bet. Yeah, it's like. I mean, I was saying I didn't have any idea that this was kind of like artist spaces or anything, but it just has like a really cool vibe, and it's like really well situated too in to be like. A good hub, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I'm just yeah. kind of curious because uh, starting next week, they're going to start prepping um, the building and the pavement for paint. And so from, like, basically all of May, the parking lot's going to be inaccessible because they're going to be painting murals and stuff on the buildings uh, right. and on the, on the parking lot, which could be really cool. Or really messy. So I'm, I'm hoping it's cool. They're saying <laughs> they're going to paint the doors, which um, I don't know how I feel about having my door painted with something that I have no say about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, so, yeah, I don't know. I like the look of the building. It kind of has that, like, hasn't been touched in years vibe, uh, but... Yeah, where it's like, you know, you could probably, like, come hang out here and find a beer and maybe some drugs. Yeah, yeah. It has that look about it. Exactly. Yeah. 
Which some people found some really weird shit when they were tearing their room apart. <laughs> One person found a, a syringe, like needle and everything, under their carpet, like oh, in the middle of the room. Yeah. Wow. And well, how? Like, how would that get there? Like that would have to have been like put there when the people putting the carpet down. Yeah, that's messed <laughs> put up. There. But the weirdest one, apparently, was, like, a massive butt plug that was, like, <laughs> tucked up <laughs> in a bookcase. All right. I mean, CD <laughs> motel, that, yeah, doesn't surprise me, maybe. Yeah it, yeah, it was, like, stashed up on the top of a bookcase, and they're like, maybe this was, like, a communal butt plug, where it's just, like, you know, if you go to this room, yeah, yeah. look on top of the bookcase. <laughs> Why does everyone keep asking for room 205? Exactly. Know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I guess one of the uh, artists that were friends with the people who found the butt plug is going to make um, a showcase box for it <laughs> that that'll say "Break in case of emergency." <laughs> <laughs> nice, I like that. Yeah, so there, there's some like you know character here. Apparently, the ones downstairs even have like creepy crawl spaces in their closets hmm. that go into like an unknown basement area. Wow. Yeah. So, I, I like being on the top floor with the Vancouver view until uh, whatever they're building here ruins it for me. Um, do you have any like um, projects or things that you've been thinking of doing or wanting to do with your photography, or is it mostly just like for cathartic for uh, cathartic purposes? Um, yeah, like still would say that's the main thing. Like I. Yeah, I was telling someone I met here recently, we went for a photo walk, and he has, like, a project in mind, and and I'm kind of, like, a bit jealous of that, too, of, like, just not really, like, feeling like, like, what, I don't know what that would be right now, but I also don't, like, I feel like, yeah, not trying to force any projects, I kind of just, like, sometimes, I guess like looking back at old photos and like you just like start making connections based on like what you're seeing out of them and yeah. I feel like maybe that will be how like a project would come together um there's definitely starting to be yeah some like coherence and, and trends I guess I would say uh of like what I what I gravitate towards or like things that are consistent through my photos, but it's still, I think, I don't want to, like, tie it down too much either and just, like, yeah. start trying to make a, a book or, like, something like that. Like, here's the thing. It's, like, I, I tend to try to make everything into a business <laughs> in some way. <laughs> like, you know, I'll learn a new, learn how to bake bread. I'm like, oh, should I, like, you know, open a bakery? It's like, no, you, you idiot. Did you just sourdough, ki uh, sourdough kit then, too? I did, but, like, even before pandemic, to be quite honest, okay. I was reading, like, the Ken Forkish's book, like, a few years back, and, like, got quite into, yeah, baking bread. And I realized I didn't want to do that as a, as a, I don't know, a trade or, like, as a, as a business, but, like, I can't help but every time I like get into something that I feel like sort of passionate about like I was a musician and really like tried to make music work you know and like mm -hmm. yeah these things sometimes are better left being a creative outlet and if you 
if I personally try to push them too hard to be something, then they become less enjoyable or they become more of a source for like burnout or like taking energy from me versus like giving me energy. And so yeah. that's kind of where I'm at with stuff. It's just been a long couple years, you know, of <laughs> like, uh, so I'm enjoying like, like half the time I'm, I'm shooting photos. It's maybe like end of a work day. And like, I don't know, I would be like getting sucked into just like, a YouTube rabbit hole or like on my phone or something it's like no no I'm just like go and like adventure around and like yeah. and I never regret it like no matter where I like end up or if it's raining or gray or it's sunny like it's always like even if you come back with like no photos it's just like a nice mental health <laughs> experience for me yeah. um, doesn't mean I always like do go do that like sometimes I just bail I'm like no I'm not like going today but um but that's like my main thing with photography right now I guess um yeah and we'll see where where it goes I think that's a good way to go about it it's just not to like have um not to get caught up in too much and just leave yourself open to exploring and having fun with it yeah what about you? Do you have specific projects or anything <laughs> that you're in the middle of? Or? Oh, man. Um, yeah. So I, I've got a, a group show coming up um, first week of May in Toronto at um, it's this fancy hair salon on Bloor Street uh, West called uh, Queen Shop. I think I, I saw you post about this. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, what is it? Uh, debased, depraved, degenerates. Yeah, so yeah. It's, uh, That's cool. It's me and uh, Becca and uh, my friend Leslie and uh, my friend David and um, Queen Shop, uh, Alicia there, who's amazing. Um, she is a really interesting business person and she built this really like high-end salon and it's a huge space. On, on Bloor West and what she does every month did before COVID um, was have a different artist mm -hmm. come in and put work in every month so she'd always have interesting shit for her clients to see and it didn't really cost her much um, no, nothing at all really yeah. um, and what she would do is like you could have your work there for a month she'd take like a little bit off whatever sold if anything sold and then she'd do like an opening night and uh, so she did uh, an opening night for my first book, which, uh, where is it? Yeah, which was the Bodega's book. Um, it was fun. Cool. And that actually happened because she reached out to me on Instagram and was like, I like your photography. Do you want to come do like a exhibition in my space? And uh, She's like, well, just come and chat with me, and uh, we can we can sort things out. And when I was talking with her, I mentioned that I was thinking about making this book project. And she's like, great, we'll do a book release party. And I was like, okay, awesome. And I was nowhere near planning stages of actually putting a book together. Mm -hmm. And then I was walking back to my car. I'm like, fuck, I have six weeks to make a book. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just like, luckily everything was shot. So. All I had to do was um, get a layout put together, which, you know, Cohen, my, my friend Chris, 
he used to work for Post Media doing that kind of stuff for a long time, so like he bailed me out hardcore, <laughs> and uh, he did all the design for me, and uh, then I self-published it through Blurb, um, and it was a lot of fun. He sold out all the uh, copies that I printed, um, and now that things are opening up again because we beat COVID, it's finally over. Or something. <laughs> um, she reached out, being like, "Hey, like, do you want to do another show?" And I'm like, "I don't actually live in Toronto anymore." Um, and she's like, "Well, if you're ever out there, like, maybe we could do something." And I thought about it a little bit, um, and uh, I was like, "I don't really want to do." a solo show because like I don't know I don't find myself that important <laughs> so like I'm not like trying to like you know get a book out there or anything so I'm just like you know I don't really want it to be about just me so I messaged her being like hey I'm down to do it but like could I do it with some friends mm -hmm. like would that be cool and uh, she was like as long as it's like you know in line with like your street stuff um totally cool so I reached out to um the three degenerates that I know would be closest to me yeah and, that's and, um, awesome they were like yeah we're totally down so um that's like a that's great excuse to bring friends together work on something you know and yeah well it'll I, be more rewarding more that fun. one yeah and um you know I, I don't I don't know if Leslie or Becca have showed anything, and I think David might have, but, like, you know, um, I just thought it'd be fun for people to get their stuff out there. Um, it sounds like most of us are going big with the print, because mm -hmm. uh, David's like, oh, I'm going to do, like, you know, next step up from 11 by 17. And I was like, that's huge, man, because I was thinking of, like, maybe doing, like, 8 by 10s and, like, 11 by 14. But then when I looked at downtown camera, it's a dollar difference between <laughs> 11 by 17 and 12 by 18. And I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do get all four, each, each of us, the four of us get three prints each to put up. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing all of mine 12 by 18. And Becca's like, well, fuck it, I'm going to do it too. Yeah, so, that's awesome. Uh, we're all going to go with huge, huge photos. And what I think I might also do um, is throw together, like, a, a zine of it. Because I have this, like, big fucking bastard of a color laser printer here. Nice. Um, that I picked up for doing wheat pastes this year. Um, I was thinking of, like, just throwing together, like, a quick uh, little, like, 8.5 by 11 zine of all the work. So um, if people come and see it but they don't want to buy prints but they want to like you know leave with something mm -hmm. they, they can take that so um have that going on um i've been fucking around with a follow-up to the bodegas book for a while um originally like i wanted to do convenience stores across canada like when i was moving from toronto to here i wanted to like stop along the way and like you know, snap some convenience stores in like all the little towns and shit and uh, I was going to call it Canadian Convenience <laughs> um, but then I really fucked up my move out here and didn't have the time and 
and I'm <laughs> spending a whole bunch of extra money because I'm a fucking idiot. Um, it's a long story. Um, so that didn't end up happening. So, but I, what I think I might do is um, make one for Vancouver because, oddly enough, they're not as prevalent as Toronto. But if you like scour around, yeah, you can a, find some. Yeah, there's a few spots. Some here. characterful spots. Yeah. yeah, and so what I think I'm gonna do with those, I'm gonna shoot those on pack film. That was all um, portrait 400 um, medium format. Yeah, uh, Veronica. Um, so I think for the Vancouver one, I'm going to do it all on pack film, uh, for the external shots and then, um, maybe have like on, um, the right page, a pack film shot of the outside and then on the left page, maybe a quad of like 35 millimeter interior shots. Yeah. Just do two page spread for each one. Um, and I'm going to do a reissue of that one maybe this year. Because before I left Toronto, I drove to every address that I photographed there to see if they still existed or not. Yeah. And like five of them are gone now. Right. They're like other things. So um, I took pictures of those on pack film of what they look like now. And so I'll, I'll probably do a reissue of that one with the added photos. Um, and then like under the address add like an active or deceased stats <laughs> yeah 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 um yeah and then there was like one it, it's one of the weirdest places i've shot but like in in the summer i was telling about space lab right? my friend that sells the turntables um he also does like estate cleanups and things like that and he invited me out to this like um beautiful house but straight out of hoarders but you could tell like at one point the people had money and it was a very like the bones of the house were like rich mm -hmm. like, it just it was a fucking gorgeous house with like decades of just i don't know neglect but life like there was just life everywhere and it was super weird because um you know there's just a bunch of strangers in this house going through what's left of these people's lives trying to assign value to it and figure out you know what should just go in the bin mm -hmm. and what should be tried to try to be sold turns out the guy used to be an accountant um and it was, it was super weird just, like, walking through this person's life. Like, they had a whole... Like, they had kids there at one point. Yeah, the attic was interesting because it, it was the kids' room in the attic. Um, and all their shit was still there. Like, they had, mm -hmm. like, um, awards from, like, you know, the youth bowling um, league and, like, all these things. One of them had their, like, Kiss Army... Uh, placard like still on the wall there and it just was really kind of surreal and jarring to be walking through someone's life and just arbitrarily being like yeah let's, this looks interesting keep this as garbage but mm -hmm. at some point like everything there was valuable to the people that were in that space at one time um, so 
took a bunch of black and white photos um, of the space, and I might throw that into a book called The Accountant's House. That sounds cool, yeah. yeah. That sounds... Yeah, like, projects don't have to necessarily be just, like, spanning all this geographic, you know, landscape, like, all this all this space. Like, you can just have a project in one place, and that can be enough if you have enough interest there. And it sounds like there is with uh, with this house. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it, it was a very, it was a weird day too, because like the house had me um, feeling really weird, um, and just kind of like kind of borderline like existential crisis weird. Um, just make you think about like life and what you leave behind and things like that. And that was the same day that that dude got crushed at the McDonald's in the drive-thru. I didn't hear about that, but we don't uh, have to get into that. Well, so it, it, all, it made the accountant's house even weirder, because, like, while I was at, at the accountant's house, I saw this thing pop up on Facebook, and um, a friend was, like, posting about how this, like, dude that morning got crushed in the McDonald's drive-thru at Science World. Wow. Um, he dropped his debit card or something and he like opened the door to try and like lean out and get it but he left his car and drive and oh my like God. just went forward and oh my God. smooshed him um, yeah and I was like whoa I was already feeling like fucked up about life and then that was just like this is really fucking weird life wise um can try these <laughs> thanks um yeah, it was just like really fucking weird. And I had to drop someone off in Chinatown when I was driving back. I got stuck in traffic right at McDonald's. And like I looked mm-hmm. over without even thinking and I was just like staring straight at the drive-through and I saw like the the pole that his car like mangled. Yeah. And I was just like this is a fucking weird day. <laughs> Yeah, like the mix of the two events coming together is, uh, I don't know, enough to give like a new context to it. And, or like, you know, you bring two completely random events, but then there's learnings to be drawn from, from both that, that yeah. come together. Well, and I, I've been talking with a few other people about this, is like, I don't, I don't know if you've ever felt it as a photographer but I feel it sometimes, and other people I've talked to have had, like, similar kinds of feelings, but, like, as someone who creates photos and then captures things, is there a responsibility for us to, like, document the world around us, you know, not only for, like, our own purposes, but just, like, for other people Mm -hmm. to gain something from them. And, um, yeah, there's something about the accountant's house that made me think about that a lot. Yeah, definitely. It is interesting, kind of same as, like, with the bodegas, like, seeing these places that you take a photo, you may think not much of it at the time, and then 
you see that place is torn down or that it ha there was a fire and like those kinds of things that like all of a sudden you realize there's this documentation aspect to your work without maybe even whether it was intended or not like I've had that uh, experience and been like oh, okay yeah like you kind of feel like something like people need to see this now you yeah. know like yeah it's a uh, well, interesting the, the bodegas book was an interesting one too because like that just started as me trying to connect with with Toronto so I would just have my camera in my car and when I was driving around take pictures of them because like there's not many of them here in, in BC anymore but when I was a kid convenience stores were everywhere mm -hmm. like that that's where you go buy penny candies and shit like that and now it's mostly like gas stations like gas stations have sort of replaced mm -hmm. the convenience store um, so I, I felt drawn to them because of that but then when I put the book out and people came to Queen Shop to like you know, check out the the release and look at the book. Um, it was interesting, like hearing Toronto locals their interpretation of, of the book and like how it made them feel. Where um, you know, a few people were like, "Oh, my first apartment was like you know right around from this one," or mm -hmm. like when we were kids, we'd like hang out at this one. That's where like we'd um, we'd meet up with um, uh, you know after school, like. Or it's like if you, because it's like before cell phones for a lot of people, it's like if you wanted to hang out with friends, it's like just meet, meet yeah, outside of like Dunn Milk <laughs> at yeah. like you know, four o'clock kind of thing. Um, so it was neat seeing people connecting with it that way, but also hearing how important those spaces were. Um, not only as like meeting grounds, but also as community support. Like there's one person that was talking about how the convenience store in their hood uh, ran tabs for everyone. And so it's like, you know, if you were between paychecks and you needed like bread and milk and like, you know, sandwich meat and shit like that, um, the convenience store owner would just be like, you know, take it, get your parents to hit me up on payday kind of thing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it was just like, it was neat hearing about the communities that sort of revolved around the convenience stores and did you you had one growing up as well you said like you went yeah you know and would go get penny candies like I remember having that same experience as yeah. a kid of like um and it was like a few blocks away so it was like an adventure for a yeah. seven or eight year old or whatever to be going like me and my little sister would like trek down there sometimes like with our parents or not and like yeah it was always an adventure and they had like samosas there but they would only make them once a week or like but yeah that you have those like memories it's all that that um yeah you're just it 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 was definitely a part of like my youth growing up um and i feel like a lot of people who are yeah in our generation yeah like it was if you didn't have your allowance, you'd spend the day, like, looking for, like, pop cans and shit, so you could go return them and buy, like, four candies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> shit totally, like that. Totally. Or if you were, like, flush from allowance day, you could go <laughs> play the video games there. Like, the the one convenience store in um, Fort St. John where I grew up, they had, like, a Neo Geo gaming console thing with, like, I can't remember the name of the fighting game, but it mm -hmm. was, like... Um, 
Street Fighter, but for Neo Geo. Okay. And so we'd go play that, and, uh, and Spy Hunter and shit like that. So, this is really, I don't know, they're really interesting. Um, so far it's just the, the two books. The other one was, uh, this guy, which was during the lockdown in Toronto. Um, Containerized. <laughs> yeah, so... It was only supposed to be two weeks, so I was like, I could take two weeks of Polaroids. And then it wasn't. It wasn't two weeks at all. Yeah. Um, You're telling they, me. <laughs> they, they lied. So I think I stopped it at 53 days because uh, it was getting to be a mighty expensive project. That's um, awesome. I ended up buying, like, all the Polaroid and SWO. Like, <laughs> I, I was just hitting up all of, like, the Best Buy's curbside things. Right, and right. I'd just be like... All right, they got like four packs in Hamilton. Going to Hamilton, I think the far I went to Waterloo to get some once because I had like fucking bought out all of the Polaroid <laughs> in, in the GTA. It was it was kind of wild. So that was you that drove the film prices up. Uh-huh. The Polaroid, at least. <laughs> you know. It's okay, we got this. Out Can't blame it all on Brooklyn Film Camera. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll take some blame on this one. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's fun. Like. Um, I think it's important to uh, to put things into like a tangible thing you can share with other people. I think that's why I like Polaroids so much. Yeah, yeah. Polaroids like have that built in, you know, which yeah. is very cool. It's extremely cool. I yeah, I do definitely want to at some point um, create a project that like is printed and like an archive of, like, it just, I don't know, I was going through, you go through, like, Lightroom, and you're looking at your old photos, and it's just not the same, like, as, like, flipping through a book, like, I love, yeah, I don't know, looking through a good photography book, and, yeah, it's, uh, more, I think it would be great to, to, I haven't even, like, really printed something from my wall yet, like, I just, like, have, avoided this whole you know when something's like a a bigger thing in your head until you do it and then you do it you're like oh that's just another thing like but you just haven't done it yet i mean that's where i'm at with it but i just gotta kind of step up and well if if you've never printed anything big yet i mean i'll I'll open up an invitation here because i'm gonna do this with a few other people I, i bought this 11 by 17 printer to do wheat pastes this year Mm-hmm. So my friend Jeremy in Toronto slash Hamilton is a huge wheat taster out there. He just recently put out a book, which is like a history and instruction guide on, on wheat pasting. You had him on the show, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, I listened to that. One. He's an interesting cat. And then also yeah. his creative partner, Danielle, was on here recently, too. Um, but there's a few other people that I've been talking with about getting together and putting some like prints up that we could all go paste out so mm-hmm. if there's a photo or two that you want to like put together we can we can whip them up on this thing and go make a gorilla art installation somewhere yeah man um let's do it yeah right. for sure i'm down for that speaking of cool. polaroids i need to get your polaroid for the door let's make this real quick here well, we got light, right? <laughs> yeah, you got good light right now. Okay. 
One, two. Perfect. Is there any big plans for like the, the summer or spring? So yeah, this spring and summer, we just got a car. Um, oh, that's exciting. Yeah, which like, we, we lived in Toronto. There was no need really to have a car in Toronto when you're like right downtown and it yeah. just didn't make sense there for the many years I was there. I like moved to Toronto from Ottawa. Everyone in Ottawa like has a car to get around. And um, yeah, so when I moved to Toronto, I maybe had it for a year or two. And then like, I was like, I'm just spending money on this like thing to rot and do nothing. So then I basically went through most of Toronto not having a car. We came out here and kind of realized like a lot of the stuff that we wanted to access is definitely like a lot easier to have, have a car. car. Yeah. yeah, and um, it just, you know, the Evo system is great here. It's like the portable car or like the, what do you call it? Car sharing system is, is really great for like certain things getting around in the city, but not so much like getting out into nature or adventuring because like it's so expensive when you like take it for more than i don't know 20 minutes or whatever yeah yeah it's good for like the quick pickup drop off kind of thing or it's yeah like, really you know, good for that yeah or you rode your bike somewhere and you're like i don't want to fucking totally ride yeah ride my bike home you can just throw it on the roof and away you go exactly so that is kind of like that was a recent purchase but like not just to have a car like to have for day-to-day -day stuff it really is like we're I don't know planning to adventure a lot with it and go you know on some camping trips go to Vancouver Island go now into the states now that we can travel and like yeah. cross the border and those like just get back to a bit of like that fun adventure stuff that like I, I really miss a lot of also if you end up ordering any like film stuffs or camera stuffs um and you hate shipping? Yeah. Get a post box in Point Roberts. I yeah, I did um I picked something up from Point Roberts the other week um yeah. for the first time. And it was a very easy experience. It was kind of yeah, it was a fun little afternoon. I drove down, yeah. went and took some photos down by the Did you go to the beach. breakers? Uh what was it? Uh it's called like the breakers or something. It used to be like a big popular pub but it's been closed for oh no i didn't i didn't i didn't even see that i like yeah. kind of yeah ended up at this like park looking overlooking the water ended up chatting with some uh some guy that i met there um who was just there with his binoculars looking you know kind of looking for whatever was out there and we were chatting a bit and uh chat about photography and he was like oh i gotta he's like next time you come down here i have a yashika like you know uh, like oh TLR TLR yeah oh wow uh, that he's like yeah you can you can grab that from me and so I'll probably head back down there soon because I've oh, actually never shot with one and um, it was just like a, a funny little afternoon it was kind of like today where it was like gray and raining all day and it's another example of this like I don't really want to even go do a thing right now yeah. and then I go the like sun like comes out and beautiful. like you just go and like meet some person who's like you've unlocked free camera mode and you're like what like you know just like the funny things that life brings you when you go um and say yes to like a little adventure so uh, just this tiny little stateside like <laughs> town point roberts 
um, yeah. it was a cool little journey. So I definitely yeah. want to go back. It, it had a weird vibe to it. Yeah. It's not creepy, but just like, I don't know. It's like a little space that's been dying. It's a very like secluded space. And in chatting with this guy, I didn't think much of it until I, well, he mentioned it, but like they were stuck there, like in Point Roberts. Yeah. Because they couldn't, for for most of the pandemic, they, uh, it's like this little like weird slice like on the map that like is cut off from the rest of the states, like a mini Alaska, you know, but it's like 20 kilometers away from like, you know, yeah. getting to the rest of the states, but like they couldn't get there and they couldn't cross the border eventually they built them this or not built them they like started running a ferry there maybe once a week or something he was saying but like for the most part they were just like there and i think a lot of people who are probably in point roberts tended to like jump over yeah. the border quite often well in, in so. vice versa like um yeah it's it's a weird part of the states because it's completely landlocked yeah like it's <laughs> just outside of delta so um, yeah, Rachel says she loves Point Roberts. Oh, yeah? Um, Very cool. It's a cool joint. I went there late in the day, so I didn't really get to see the whole time. Um, I wish I went a little earlier because, like, the sun started going away, so it was, like, really sort of, like, gray and moody, mm -hmm. which was cool for taking shots, too, because mm -hmm. it was just, like, you know, this place has got some sass. Yeah, it definitely, like, I didn't get to spend a ton of time there either, but, like, enough to know, like, this is somewhere I want to come back to, and... Yeah. So I'm going to ship something here soon, <laughs> some film <laughs> or something, and, uh, and yeah. It's wild how much cheaper it is. Yeah. Like, because uh, I, I buy it directly from Polaroid usually, and it was like three quarters less yeah. to get it shipped there than it was to, like, have it come up here. Yeah, it's, I've never, like, I guess Ottawa was, like, close-ish to, like, driving to the border, but, like, I never did that. My parents did that with a lot of stuff for, like, I don't know, working on the house. You'd, like, I don't know, order big things. I, I just never had to do that, but the, the weird it makes thing sense here. For me, though, like, thinking about packages, like, picking up packages in Point Roberts is it's still coming through Canada because, like, the packages have to come directly <laughs> yeah, through no, Canada I know. before they go there, so it's, like... You did all the same work <laughs> as if you were going to bring it to my house. <laughs> yeah. I, totally. Things you think about. That is really funny. Yeah. yeah. It's just... And that's kind of what's funny about Point Roberts, I guess. Yeah. It's like... Like, as soon as you cross over the border, it's gas stations and, like, parcel pickup places. That's and, it. They, like, they know what they're doing there. They know yeah. what people are coming for. Like, that's what's there. Gas is, like, 30 cents cheaper and yeah like i i went filled up gas and then i'm like oh i'm a sucker the guy beside me has like 10 jerry cans in his back that he's filling up like for <laughs> you know for later and it was just a funny experience to see what this like just um i don't know like what happens just because of this odd geographical slicing of yeah. this little this little town so I would definitely recommend people pop on through if you have a package shopping up. I, I can't believe the gas stuff right now like I just filled out my car yesterday and I, I kept like waiting for the to go under 203 which doesn't even really matter for me anyways because <laughs> like I drive a, a turbo Volvo so it needs champagne so like 
it always has to be premium, which is like two seventy. Oh my gosh! So yeah, that hurts. I was waiting for the price to go down, and it it just didn't. So I'm like, fuck, I'm running out of gas. And it was like one hundred and ten dollars. I've never, it's never cost me that much. I'm like, I haven't bitched about the gas prices yet. This is my first time doing it. But I was just like, you know, back in my day when I started driving, it was fifty four cents a liter for gasoline, oh, and yeah. even then people bitched about how expensive it was. Yeah, and I'm like, I wish. I'd love to go back to. <laughs> yeah, man, that um, really sucks. <laughs> it's like, especially having to fill up premium, man. Like, I don't know. I'm on a like day to day. It doesn't make a huge difference. Like whether it's a few cents, you know. Like that. Yeah. That's the thing. I don't even like play this waiting game too much. Though I did on the way to Point Roberts because I was like, well, it probably is a meaningful difference. But, like, yeah. it wasn't meaningful enough that I should have gone down to, like, there's, like, 5K left in your tank. <laughs> and you're, like, running on fumes and, like, just hoping that I get across the border and there better be a gas station really close. And there was. But, like, was it worth that song and dance of, like, I don't know, saving, I don't know, $3? Like, <laughs> now I know. Yeah. That I will probably do that again <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Makes life more fun, right? <laughs> a little mission. What's um, up, Mr. Bruno? <laughs> yeah, Brian Bruno just joined us. Cool. Well, I mean, this has been interesting. Doing like this is the first time I've done an in-person one. Yeah. Like, usually it's just like screen to screen. Totally. Um, yeah, like ten out of ten. I, I definitely do the in-person experience again and hopefully um, everyone here enjoyed it um, I think you're getting sunned out I'm, I'm starting to get sunned out yeah um, yeah that was it really <laughs> hit us but we got our vitamin D <coughs> we did this session so. well we definitely needed the vitamin D with the, with the way the rain has been the last little bit <laughs> um, yeah, I, think, I think we can wrap it up now um, let's wrap it on up so play the thing Jeffrey says loves the in-person format. I mean, anyone that's in Vancouver that wants to do one of these and uses a camera for something, we can definitely <laughs> chat it out. Um, I'm pretty like fast and loose with the rules of the chat, so um, you know, you don't even have to be a just bring a camera. You know, that's that's good enough. Um, who do we have coming up next? So we've got here today. Uh, next week, I'm going to have Sarah Button out of Texas. Um, she's in Marfa now, but she used to be in Denton. Uh, she's going to be joining. And then um, the week after that, I'm in Toronto for the group show. Uh, but I'm going to talk with Octavia Sharp on the 5th. Um, and then I'm also going to do a live from the exhibition um, for a little bit. So you can you know, chat with Becca and, uh, and David. I don't think Leslie's going to be able to make it. So, um, yeah, that's the next couple weeks of the chat. And, uh, you know, thank you so much, Cam, for hanging out here. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in and uh, spending some time with us. Uh, I hope you all stay safe out there and, uh, you know, try to stay out of trouble. Thanks for having me. Have a good night, everyone. Cheers, everybody. Um, at least the in time that out right it's still like 10 seconds left <laughs> where's my mask cursor it's hard with the sign
All right. Thanks, everyone. You're the best. I love you guys, and we'll see you next week. All right, bye.